This is the Thrive Content Clubcast. Hi and welcome to this edition of the Content Clubcast. I'm Laura Gavin and I'm a copywriter here at Thrive. Today we're talking about getting more from the present moment or getting more from now. We often hear the phrase live in the moment, but in reality it's a little bit harder to do when many of us are juggling jobs, relationships, family and caring commitments. So how do we stay present when there are a million different things pulling our focus? Well, joining me today is Lula Garner, who's a mindfulness and yoga teacher from Heartlight Wellbeing. And we're going to talk about how we can apply mindfulness techniques in our day-to-day lives to make the most of every moment. So Lula, hi and welcome. Hi, Laura. Lovely to be with you today. So I thought we'd just start with a bit of a definition of mindfulness for anyone who doesn't know. And is it different from meditation? Yes, I think that these two words are used interchangeably to an extent, although I think that meditation is a word that is more linked to a spiritual practice um, and has been used by, you know, all the faiths in, in different ways. We might use the word prayer. We might use the word meditation. A lot of people will probably have heard of Buddhist meditation or meditation in a yoga tradition. Um, and mindfulness, I would say they're very similar, very similar processes and actually very similar outcomes that they're looking for. But I think that the term mindfulness has been popularized as a secular approach to the same kind of practices. And what I mean by secular is that mindfulness practices just can be the same thing, but stripping away any sense of spirituality or faith um, within them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? That um, mindfulness can be accessible to anyone, really. Um, and if it if it helps them, then then great. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been so delighted by how um, teachers like John Kabat-Zinn, who used to be a Buddhist monk, took the practices from there and and popularised them by taking away any sense of religion or faith. Yes, the practice of mindfulness benefits everybody and is about coming into the present moment and noticing using your powers of awareness and attention to notice what is happening right now, whether that's in your thoughts, in your body, in your environment. You know, you can do mindfulness when you're washing up, when you're pegging the laundry out, when you're playing a game with your little one, when you're caring for an elderly relative. You know, it's whereas I think perhaps with meditation, we have this sense of you've got to be sat in the lotus position, using a particular mudra with your hands and the candles and the incense, you know, and all of that, which which are all valid practices and actually really can help a lot of people to practice mindfulness, but are not essential. I often say anyone, anywhere, anytime. That's what mindfulness is about. It's something that you can do in the bus queue or on the train or, you know, and you commute. Um, And I hope that we're going to kind of delve into, well, how, how can you, you know, how can you do that? And that's what I'm all about really is, is making 
um, some of the amazing practices that have come down from thousands of years of faith-based and non-faith-based traditions, how can we make those applicable in the modern world, uh, which is very fast-paced? We talk about the attention economy, don't we? You know, that's that's something that we've become aware of, particularly perhaps around, you know, the pull and the draw of things like social media and distractions in our environment to us being able to work or to focus. Well, mindfulness is a solution to these issues that we're all facing. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point, isn't it? And I was going to ask you how we how we practice mindfulness when we're having a really crazy day <laughs> so it's mm. I think like you were saying it, it's easy to talk about it sort of in theory but you know when we're sort of thinking about our to-do list or what we've got coming up tomorrow or what we did last week how can we actually apply those mindfulness techniques and actually do you know stay in the present moment well, I think the key word is practice, and you just used it there. How can we practice mindfulness? Um, it's best, it's, it's more accessible to us in the difficult times if we've had a go at it in the easier spaces in our lives. So this is why we talk about, you know, we talk about mindfulness practice because there are, my teacher, my mindfulness teacher once said, there are as many mindfulness techniques in the world as there are people in the world. And um, for each of us, it's about, you know, having a taste of a, of a range of different tools in that in that toolbox and, and having a go with them enough times to work out actually which are the most useful tools to me, which ones resonate particularly with me. Um, and which ones are the most useful for different purposes so that, you know, just like, a, you know, a carpenter with a toolbox, you know, when to pull out the router or when to pull out the hammer. Yeah. So uh, my best advice to people would be have a go, have a go, have a play and, and, and have a sense of, you know, curiosity about this process. There isn't a right and a wrong way to do it. Can we talk a bit about some of the benefits of mindfulness that people might not necessarily be aware of um so can it help with things like stress or you know sleeping patterns things like that yeah I mean I'm gonna sound a bit evangelical at this point really um and I, I don't mean to but the the research evidence base on mindfulness is growing you know year on year as we've recognized that something's not working well in the human condition for us in modern society is it we know that rates of anxiety rates of depression rates of death by suicide you know rates of happiness rates of stress and all the stress diseases that you know we're facing in the modern world we know something ain't working well um and so what do we do about that well mindfulness and a regular mindfulness practice has been shown to affect almost anything in terms of human well-being that you want to choose. So absolutely, um, a healthy mindfulness practice can reduce stress, can reduce anxiety, can protect against depression, um, can reduce blood pressure if people have got high blood pressure, um, can 
it, it actually fundamentally changes the brain. And there is some absolutely fascinating research on how it impacts brain chemistry. So just to give you a little example of that, I'm not sure I can remember the technical term, the biological term, but at the ends of our chromosomes, so you know our genes are built into every cell and they're carried on these things called chromosomes. So all female cells have an X and an X chromosome. Male cells have an X and a Y chromosome. Most people kind of know that, don't they? So the, the, the genes are the things that have to replicate every time a cell divides, yeah, which is happening, you know, zillions of times in our bodies uh, day on day. So at the ends of chromosomes, you have to, if you think of chromosomes like shoelaces, and you know at the ends of shoelaces, you've got the, the kind of what we, normally a little plastic coating around oh, the yeah. end that stops them yeah. fraying at the end, yeah? So that's how our chromosomes have something similar to that at the ends. These ends are really critical to being uh, keeping their integrity, keeping strong when replication happens. So when those chromosomes unravel in order for the genes to replicate into the new cell, we need those ends, the ends of the shoelace, to still stay nice and strong. Well, what tends to happen as we age is that they get frayed. <laughs> that's just a natural kind of degenerative process that's happening in, in all of us. There's been some incredible research done to show that meditation or mindfulness practice re-solidifies the ends of those chromosomes. So they become less frayed and therefore the cell division happens in a more um, correct way. I just find that mind blowing that they have they have measured and they and this is not they're not measuring people who are like, you know, spiritual masters of meditation who've been doing it in a cave for years. They've measured people who have done 20 minutes of, of, of a mindfulness practice. They've, they've taken their blood before the practice and then after the 20 minutes. And there's a difference in there. I think, it, I think they're called teleomeres, these ends of their shoelaces. So that's just to give you, you know, just a little flavour of, you know, the, the effects that we see from a regular mindfulness practice on all those things we've just talked about, physical health, mental health, um, emotional health, they have a fundamental physiological um, mechanism by which that's happening. That's so interesting, isn't it? That it has such a biological impact as well as the sort of mental and emotional, like you say. Indeed. And then there's all sorts of other things. It affects our neurotransmitters. So a practice of mindfulness raises the um, the pleasant um, neurotransmitters, the happy neurotransmitters, like things like serotonin, and reduces the stress hormones, the corticosteroids, the adrenaline, those kinds of things. So it, it, effectively a, a mindfulness practice shifts us from what you might kind of characterize as the fight flight um, place that we all spend a lot of our kind of adrenalized lives in and it shifts off and literally switches the body's um, biochemistry into what we call the rest and digest place 
and this is this is about that we have that we have different elements of our nervous system one is called the sympathetic nervous system which is the one that drives us to get up and take action and meet threats and deal with stress in that kind of fight flight freeze flock way the four f's as we call them and you've got the parasympathetic nervous system which is the one that just keeps everything going, keeps the heart beating, keeps the breathing going, keeps the digestion going, keeps the immune system functioning healthily. And generally in our modern lives, we're spending too much time in the sympathetic mode, the drive mode, and not enough time in the true relax and rest mode in which we can process the stress that we all need in our lives, we all need to meet, but we can process that and digest it and assimilate it and the body can recharge, regenerate and settle. Wow, yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually, doesn't it? Because yeah, like you say, we're so often in this kind of go, go, go mode and we don't think we've got time maybe to stop and rest, but actually what you've just been saying proves how important that rest is. You know, it's like uh, Stephen Covey's work on sharpening the saw, isn't it? If we, if you, you know, if a carpenter keeps going with a with a saw or an axe, you know, for many many hours, whereas you've got another another woodworker next to them, and they take five minutes every hour to to sharpen it, then that person that takes that time to sharpen the tools that they're using will get through that wood pile quicker, more effectively, and with less effort. And this is what, as a, as a mindfulness teacher, I, I like to, you know, kind of encourage people in, please see that the, 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 the rest moments that you take in, in mindfulness are actually making you more effective. They're not, it, it, it's not about uh, losing time in in what you need to do in what you need to achieve it's about working smarter rather than harder basically yeah so lots of benefits then (laughs) (laughs) lots and lots definitely yeah so just to summarize um to finish what's one practical step do you think that people could take to introduce mindfulness into their routine if if they're struggling to sort of find time in the morning or the afternoon around childcare, things like that So rather than suggesting to people that you try and carve out a half an hour every morning to do your mindfulness practice, I think that for people who are new to mindfulness, that's just really daunting and and seems like an impossibility, you know. My mindfulness practice is very much about moment-to-moment awareness. And I'm not saying that every moment of every day... I'm fully aware. No, I'm not. I'm not a spiritual Zen master, but m- many moments in the day, I'm really present to what is happening, and that's what I encourage people to to kick off with. Is is just start to catch yourself noticing. Oh, how am I feeling right now? Or what's the sensation of those washing up suds on my skin? Or Am I really present with, you know, let's say my father or somebody that I'm caring for as I'm, you know, maybe sharing some food with him? Am I really present in that moment or am I thinking about what's happening later on and what I might do for dinner or cogitating on a conversation that happened earlier in the day and kind of analysing that? It's about just stepping aside from the human condition is... I've heard some stats that we spend 40% of our time 
thinking about the past, 40% of our time thinking about the future. Well, that only leaves kind of like a fifth of a slither of myself that's actually focused on the present moment. Yet the present moment is where we all live. The past is gone. There's nothing you can do about that now. The future is just a fantasy, whatever's going on in our heads. You know, of course, we have to have plans and, and so on. But we spend a lot of our time fantasizing about what might happen next. Whereas if we were able to be fully present more of the time in this moment right here, right now, as your podcast title says, we would get more from now. So whereas I'm saying, let's start with just having a few moments or a few breaths where we just notice what's actually going on. And I'm going to share a couple of techniques later that people can have a go with on that to then expanding that to, yes, having a regular practice and having a community of people or even just two, you know, two, a couple of friends or members of your family who are also playing with it. You know, I used to have like um, mindfulness buddies when I was, you know, learning and, and trying to bring it in. And we, have you done it yet today? Have you done your practice? And it would just be that helpful, friendly accountability to, oh, no, I haven't. I'm going to do it now. And then I can text back and go, yes, I've just done it. How did yours go? <laughs> yeah, it's that sort of friendly nudge, isn't it, to kind of keep each other going. Yeah. And maybe that's something that people could do at work if if there are enough people interested you know it might be something that could start as a regular thing on a on a lunchtime say or a break time to kind of ensure everybody's taking that little bit of time for themselves absolutely I mean that just puts me in mind of I have um you know a little app on my um laptop because because I am a very focused person because of my mindfulness practice I will once I'm sat down at my laptop, you know, doing some writing or development work or something, I will just sit there and because I'm so focused and in it and not remember to get up, not notice what's going on in my body. So I have to have one of those little apps that pings up every, you know, 20 minutes or whatever and says, oh, just take a little break. Now go and have a stretch. Now you need a five minute break. Go and have a walk. And, you know, you could use that to, okay, I'm being pinged let's just take a moment to be mindful, which is, which is what I do. Okay. Let's just take a moment to notice the leaves on the trees outside to notice how is my body feeling? How does it need to stretch just now to be able to then carry on for another half an hour? You know, just those little, that's mindfulness. How, how am I feeling? What do I need to serve what I'm wanting to do and how I'm wanting to be? Yeah, it's that self-awareness, isn't it? Being aware of what you need right then or what your body needs. It's what works for individual people, isn't it? What works for you? Um, and I think that's a nice note to end on. Thank you so much, Lula. That's been so useful and really good to talk to you today. My pleasure. My pleasure. So we're now going to finish with a short breathing practice, which Lula is going to take us through. We're also going to record a slightly longer mindfulness practice that will be available as a separate file. So if you don't have time now, you can download this later and listen whenever you need it. So Lula, over to you. OK, so the first thing to do is to get yourself into a comfortable seated position, wherever that is for you. So just to make sure you've got, you know, either your feet on the floor, if you're sitting on a chair or you're sitting in, in a way on the floor that is comfortable for you. It's best not to lie down when you first start to do these practices. 
So we're going to use the breath as our tool to focus on because the breath is always there in every moment that we're alive. So I'd just like to invite you, if you feel comfortable closing your eyes, you can do. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can just soften your gaze and, and lower it to, to something a couple of feet in front of you. And then just start to notice the breath moving through your body. So the breath comes in through the nostrils, the chest expands, and indeed, in most of us, the belly expands as we breathe in. And then as we breathe out, the belly flattens, the chest lowers and, and concertina's in, and the air comes back out through the nostrils. Now you might want to choose just one part of the way the breath moves your body. For you, you might want to just notice the sensation of the air coming in and out through the nostrils. Or you might want to notice the sensation of the chest rising and falling at the breastbone there, the sternum in the centre of the chest. Or for you, you might find it more helpful to notice how the belly moves forwards and outwards as you breathe in and then back and flattens as you breathe out. Choose your point of focus and bring your awareness to it as if it were a torch beam. And you are lighting that particular focus of the breath moving in your body. When you notice the torch beam move away, a thought appears or a sensation somewhere else takes your attention. As soon as you've noticed that that torch beam has moved away, just gently bring it back into your chosen focus of the breath. And this is mindfulness. Noticing when the torch beam has moved away and drawing it back into your chosen focus of watching your breath in this moment exactly as it is. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to change. No need to analyse. Simply observing and noticing. And then when you're ready to finish, just gently have a little wiggle on the chair or the floor, come back into your physical body and open your eyes if they were closed when you're ready. You've been listening to the Thrive Content Podcast. Visit www.thrivelearning.com for more information. Be bold. Be brave. Thrive.